Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, T-Raj probably sitting in 108-degree weather <laughs> on some bleacher up in Fresno right now. Beto Duran in So the he's house. in Fresno, Fresno? Yeah, Fresno, Fresno. I'm almost sitting in some taco spots in Fresno. Oh, he, he, he'll jump all over that. Yeah, man. He might leave the game right in the middle of the fifth inning, two guys on, his son on the mound. He might leave to go grab a couple tacos. Yeah, I'm going to hook so, him up right now. Beto, you, I think, motivated some people here. Big E just sent us <laughs> – Big E just sent us a photo loading up for the volleyball tournament. Daughter's game's at three. My cooler game's strong. And he's just got he's got a photo. I don't know where he is. Let's just say he's got a lot of options at either the grocery store, liquor store, wherever he's at right now. Yeah, he's in Arizona on his way, and he knows uh, about this. And it, look, you don't just get booze for yourself, but you got to get the water and the Gatorade. You know, you got you to get the kids hydrated too, but you got to get a little something, something for the cup. Yeah, I'm fishing Arizona. Yeah, nothing wrong man. with that. Um, okay, so we had uh, I mentioned it a second ago. So the Lakers made their or they made their picks yesterday. Number seventeen, number forty. They traded up earlier in the day. Uh, they go from forty-seven to forty, and they give the Indiana Pacers. I think it's the most they can give about four million dollars, something along those lines. So they yep. move up seven spots, um, and the Lakers make their picks. Beto, before even getting into any of the do's, anything like that, were you surprised they actually got to the point where they decided, all right, let's make our draft picks and there was no trade that happened? No, not really because you didn't see much traction on something like that. And like we were saying earlier, the fact that a lot of the teams making moves, whether it's the Bradley Beal or the Chris Pauls, a lot of that has to do with the contracts that are involved. Contracts that can be moved because teams are trying to get into the new new. Uh, rules are going to take effect July 1st and you want to have certain monies on your side that you can move. Like Phoenix is doing a terrible job because they're backing themselves into a contract corner where a lot of those things can't be moved because they're thinking that they can go and win with what they got. So Chris Paul has a contract where it could be traded again because it's the last year of his contract. So I'm not too surprised with what the Lakers did, but we did know that whenever the Lakers are trying to make a move, whether it's picks, it's for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. They traded... The 40th pick, to, they traded the 47 for the 40th for a reason to get to that spot, and they got the guy that they wanted. They didn't think he was going to fall that far down. Yeah, it's funny when you say that because when you say all the other teams in the NBA, the way they're positioning themselves. So Chris Paul was associated with the Lakers. There was a, a good mm-hmm. week where it was, hey, is he going to go to the Lakers? Is he going to go to the Clippers? And... I didn't mind if Chris Paul came to the Lakers. I just didn't want to trade for Chris Paul. If he was going to get there bought out, there it is. And then he was going to get waived, and then the Lakers can just you know pick him up with a vet minimum. Cool. I didn't want to trade for him. When I saw that stuff go down yesterday, and I know that the Golden State Warriors, you know, part of the hey, okay, Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, they're not going to play together. I'm just surprised that they chose Chris Paul as hey, this is going to be the solution to our team. I, I get from a financial perspective, teams are trying to get off the books, and Jordan Poole was owed $140 million, and this will be Chris Paul's last year of his contract. 
But I don't know how much better that makes the Golden State Warriors. So I'm, I'm looking around the rest of the league, and it's not like the Lakers are just chasing the Denver Nuggets, which everybody is. But Phoenix got a lot of talent. Are the Clippers going to be healthy? The Warriors are always going to be a headache. I, I still don't really kind of put the pieces together why Chris Paul is a Golden State Warrior other than financial benefits. That's pretty much it because he runs the pick and roll, right? Not exactly what you think of with Golden State, but when he comes in, they're going to run a different kind of system, figure things out. So it's when you started seeing the name Chris Paul and like, oh, we're going to commit with Chris Paul because we're going on a championship run, like a 39, really? Yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I, I, I kind of uh, – I was texting with Michael, you know, obviously Michael Thompson, and – one of the things Michael said during the NBA playoffs, Lakers and the Warriors, he kept saying, he's like, they're just not big enough, right? They're, the Warriors were just not big enough. They couldn't match up with AD and Rui and LeBron and Jared Vanderbilt. And they got smaller, or not, You whether you want to call smaller or not, but they got just another point guard, and he's 38 years old. I, that, that one didn't make all the sense uh, to me. I thought last night, I really actually thought this. I heard Brian Windhorst talk a little bit about it. Jovan Buha earlier in the week talked about it, that there's a good chance Lakers are going to trade the number 17 pick. They're going to trade their picks. And I kind of started selling myself on, you know what, maybe they are going to go after one of these names. Now, I know there's certain names that have been associated with the Lakers for, it seems like, two years plus, whatever the case is. I'm talking about Buddy Heald. I'm talking about Miles Turner. But I thought there was a good chance that the Lakers would go out and try to get one of these players. Yeah. Now, they didn't, and this is what I'll take away from it. The only thing I'll take away from it, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I was a little disappointed that they didn't go out and get a player that can help them next year. That's not to say that Jalen Hood... What's really out there, you know? But but here's the thing. Who's going to help you? Um, Okay, I think they need more shooting. I think they yeah. could use a little bit more size, too, if a Miles Turner was available. But that doesn't mean, okay, what's the cost? That's, that's the thing right there, if available. If available. Yeah. And what's the cost? Do do other teams know that, you know what, can we fleece the Lakers? Is there an opportunity that they're <laughs> desperate? Is there an opportunity that um, maybe they're feeling pressure to improve their roster because Braun might be in his last year as a Los Angeles Laker? But they didn't do that. And that makes me think, you know, if you're Rob Palenka – it makes me think that they definitely explored trades, but then eventually said, all right, this doesn't make sense for us. Let's use these two picks and let's draft. Yeah, and then they drafted a player who's local in the 40th pick, you know, Maxwell Lewis Pepperdine. Um, well, I think I think people are saying the, the uh, scouting was he could go 30, could go 35, yeah. ended up getting him at 40. Yeah, in that area. And that's a player that's a perfect Laker pick. Because you don't know much about him, and you, and if you go back and look at his numbers at Pepperdine, you're like, oh, really? This is the guy? Don't get caught up in that, because Pepperdine was terrible last year, a developing program. Uh, and I saw him play when they played LMU, and it was like, okay, he's got something there, but it's a bad team, so he's going to put up shots that he should He's mm. Just, like, don't be fooled by his college numbers. He's also a kid that was affected by COVID, so there was no season. He went to Arizona Compass, a prep school, stuff like that. Not highly recruited. But grew a lot of potential. You, I can see him going to G League, getting going, kind of like Caruso esque, where get some run, get some mm. proper NBA coaching, and developing into something. You know, Fino's gonna be a good one for you. And then UCLA had a heck of a draft too. Three players drafted: Jaime Hawkins going to the Heat, uh, Jalen Clark from Etiwanda gets drafted, and you know, Amari Bailey gets drafted. So. Mick Cronin developing some players out there. So you had something like that. You know, Jaime Hawkins, a player for Camarillo, who stuck it out at UCLA, mm. had that deep run, so a bigger name for him, got better. So it was good to see some of the local players develop. Uh, and you get 
that kind of emotion out there for you. So the goods in Southern California, the players are legit. But yeah, but back to the Lakers though, you start seeing something. Yeah, they're going to trade it. But then, like you said, for what? They get the guy Fino from Indiana, 6'4", 6'5", a good guard, good mid-range game, plays defense, is young, has that motor, will not be scared, playing in the Big Ten, will come after you. Uh, Good upbringing for him, good background. So you see these kind of players like, Okay, we're building something here if you're the Lakers organization, which what's the big thing? They don't have depth, right? And they don't have anybody young, right? Because there's no middle ground with them. You have LeBron, who's old. AD, whose body is old. And then what do we got here? Basically, the Reeves. Yeah, the Reeves, the Ruiz. They got younger. D'Angelo, they got younger at the trade. Is D'Angelo going to be here? Okay, let let me ask you this. That's a trade trade piece. If they came back... With the same roster that they had last year. Okay. Let's say they start out the season with the same roster. So it's a lot of the the same pieces. Rui resigns, Austin Reeves, they get back. D'Angelo Russell, whether you want him long term or not, but they decide let's just bring him back and then we'll figure out what to do with him once the season gets going. Would you be disappointed if they brought back the same squad? Not really, because what are you going to upgrade with? Mm-hmm. What do you? What is it out there? Like, am I going to go and give up so much for? What now? If it's Fred Van Fleet and he's available, I love that guy. Bring him, yeah. But Chris Paul, no. Like, give me the guys who have been there a little bit, and there's something to be said for consistency with the team, which the Lakers have never done. And of since course, Braun. and look, they had less than 40 games together last year, and they got to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, you can build so on that, that. Here's the one: and you thing have a I coach would... who's going to be there for the second year, like. When you're constantly turning things over, over and over. Heck, you started this show with the promo of like, hey, Travis, you're in the witness protection because you're all over the place, right? There's something to be said when you have consistency in sports. So this is one thing I'd say. I actually, I'm I'm with you on the, I wouldn't be overly disappointed if they brought the if they brought back the same squad. And they were fun to watch. Okay, but with that being said, I think this is, you'd agree with this. And I'm down to give, give that front office... Give them if they need more time because they didn't feel like a good deal was out there. Then I'm going to trust that they they needed more time. But I think you would agree with this. Even if they came back with the same team, I don't think we could sit here and say that that team, even with more time and more chemistry, I still don't think they're going to beat the Denver Nuggets. Who is? Well, that's the whole point. Is Every team out there is going to have to find a way to improve their roster if they're going to be. I don't mind them coming back with the same team. Yeah. But, Beto, that can't be the final roster that they run with going back into the playoffs. Which they won't, Sleek. Come on, I, man. But by, by the way. You do but, Laker talk every night. You know damn well Palinka's not going to keep the same. They're always tinkering on something. Which is which which is kind of exactly my point here is that it's okay if they start the season yeah, with that roster. Exactly. Don't you just it. can't you no. can't finish the season no, with I that roster. I have no problem starting with it and see what we got. We yeah, being the team, mm-hmm. not me. They uh, th- this is a little bit of a surprise because I thought yesterday and I thought even today a lot of Laker fans were okay with saying no 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 draft Jalen Hood Shafino draft Maxwell yes. Lewis. If you have some players that you think you could develop and maybe there's a little bit more of a long-term play to them, um, that that's okay. That's not very common with Laker fans. I always It's a smart play. Laker fans are smart when they mm-hmm. see and when they're realistic about what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, if it's the fifth pick, remember years ago, like, what are we doing with that? Can we trade it? Can we go make a blockbuster deal if you have a lottery pick? Like, I would have traded the Lonzo Ball pick 
if you would have got a lot of stuff back mm-hmm. instead of the development, but you were in a different situation. 17th yeah, pick, situation was different. 17th that, that's pick, that's, you're that's not the only getting, difference. Yeah, 17th pick, you're not getting a generational-type talent. Um, that's the only difference is the window that you're in. That if the Lakers were in complete rebuild, it's like, yeah, of course. You draft number 17, you draft number four, you don't even think twice. But if you're not in rebuild, you're coming off the Western Conference Finals, there is a little bit more of, can you bring in a player that can help you tomorrow? And even if they don't do it now, that may potentially be something that they do down the road. Man, but you were all in for the draft. I'm surprised. You said this morning you walked into Greg's office, you had your... Um, you know how Mike, Mel Kuyper does it for the NFL draft? Oh, yeah. That's basically what you were in the NBA draft. Yeah, I'm ready. I was hey, shocked. Because I knew I was going to fill in with Sedano. If you're coming with Sedano on draft day, you better be strong. I mean, Cappy took that day off for a reason. It's a- <laughs> and then Travis, you know, what's he going to do? Talk about uh, College World Series today? No, he took the day off for a reason, too. Is, is Sedano deep in... Like, how deep is Sedano in NBA draft stuff? Sedano's in the league, man. He was texting people during the show to figure out what the Lakers were doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that. I know connected like that. I just meant more, does he know the twenty five, the 25th pick out of Houston and this and that? Um, No, no but we knew the lottery picks because he works yep. G League games also. He works summer league, so he he's familiar with who these guys are. Um, And I do the same. I do G League games. But the thing is, I, as much as you want to mess around on the Sedano and Cap show, like, like Mason was saying, it's a lot of stupidity. Look, our listener on the Lakers station on draft day wants to be informed on what's going on. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. So, you, you, like, I didn't, no, it, I didn't it, mess it, around as much yesterday. No, Because you got to, like, mind you, are we doing the breakdown and everything else? I know Morales didn't like it. But the fan is here to be educated. So if I can give you a nugget and say, hey, these twins were – uh, homeschooled in sixth and seventh grade, mm. I'm gonna let you have that. I'm gonna tell you that Scoot Henderson, his parents uh, own a training facility in Marietta, Georgia, and his sister runs his social media account. They built his brand. I'm gonna let you know that stuff. Mm. That way, you can be smart when you're at the basketball game booing your kid. Be like, well, hey, Scoot's parents did. I did too. After you paid eighteen dollars to park. Um, oh, and I was way. reminded by some of the soccer parents that in Norco when we play at Silver Lakes, you got to pay for parking. All right, so there we got to pay for parking out there too, bro. Beto the when they made their pick, it was basically right at seven. Were you guys still on for the? We are. Uh, we had extended bonus right, coverage. Good. good. Uh, we st- we actually Laura did a good job of timing the final break where Great. the commercials played right before the Lakers pick. So we st- went to about seven oh three. We yeah, did, we decided say. for Bergman. We took a uh, a staff <laughs> vote. Like everybody here, who thinks Bergman would say stay on the air? We all voted in agreement, and then we did it, and then we said, "Hey, good job, Berg." I remember looking. I'm looking at the pick, and I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, wait a minute. This is coming up literally right at the end of your guys' show. Okay, um, this is – it's not just the Lakers. It's kind of an interesting situation. I know it's been in conversation for a while now. The Portland Trailblazers with Damian Lillard, the Pelicans with Zion Williamson, are there still big-time names that are going to get moved specifically out of the Western Conference, how this affects the Lakers as well? We'll do that coming up next. Plus, can the Dodgers build any momentum off of this week's games against the uh, against the Houston Astros coming up? We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Beto, did you uh, text Travs or for some spots in Fresno? Nah, I ain't bothering him yet. No? Yeah. I heard you guys had quite the, uh, was it last Friday, right? Yeah, at the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah, we had a good time. Um, you saw the picture of him, right? Yeah, he sent... Uh, he sent a couple photos. What, no, did you see the picture of him holding the, the Modelo? Hammered. Yeah. Yes, with I'm the, with the, the Mexico hat? No, not with the oh. Mexico hat. <laughs> How did he not post that? Oh, man. Uh, I, I posted in mine. Sleep, what's your number? Six what's my nine. number? Yep. <laughs> okay. What is it? 619, right? How can yeah, you not pop it up on my phone? I love how you're just giving up the, the whole number. Oh, like every, we don't know Zero that your number is 619. <laughs> I gave up a couple more digits there. Okay, so so... What was Travis like? Oh, he was cool. The, oh, by the, the way, golf course. let me just yep. tell you, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily, I'm going to send you the picture. So Travis and I took a picture. Okay. Travis bought me Modelo's because, you know, he's man of the people. Mm-hmm. $9 Modelo's, cool. He bought a round. I bought a round. His wife bought a round. Good time. Nine, nine not that bad compared no, no, no. to uh, Dodger compared Stadium. Compared to $25 at Dodger Stadium, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was like, Travis, we got to take a picture. Then I realized, you know, he's a man of the people. I got my Mexico hat that has the Aguila on there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Chad, we got to switch this around. I put this in the circle. The circle is going to approve this. So I took his old white man dad hat. Yep. I wore that to make myself the Caucasian alter ego, Bert Duran. And then I gave him my Mexico hat. Cause you, and the comments that came out, because I also said it in my group chat. Okay. Um, let's just say. <laughs> I got to imagine they loved it. They love it or no? Oh, they loved it because. Everybody that's Latino has, uh, you know, a, a white guy that married into the family, right? <laughs> and who, tr- he's been around for a while. Like, I got two of them. I got Chris and, uh, actually, there's three of them in our family. Who we got? We got El, El Chris, El John, y El Tim, as my mom would say. Um, so, you make fun of them, and you get after them, and they're cool, they're good. And Travis looked like, one of the comments from one of my friends, like, Travis looks like that uncle that's been married for 25 years who still doesn't speak any Spanish, but will throw down all the beers with you, and he's just a fun time. That's exactly oh, no. what he was, man. Tra- Travis Tra- is cool, man. Trav, if you told Trav, let's go grab a couple of beers and some Mexican food, yeah, Trav is done. He's, you day. won't see him again for yeah, all you day. won't see him again for the rest of the oh, day. Oh, yeah, so we had a good time. I walked through a couple of holes with he and his wife. Uh, good time. Trav, mm-hmm. dude. First of all, you know, he's all CIF, Arcadia High legend. You know, he's in their Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Uh, His wife is fantastic, super nice woman. Yeah, Susan's great. So I went to go buy my round of beers, and I come Mm -hmm. back, and we're standing at the 10th hole. And I'm like, we're by the the green. I look, and I see I lost Travis. He's hanging out with four guys that look like they're important. You know, they're at the golf tournament. I just sent you the picture. And uh, Travis and I look like we're, we're commoners. These dudes look like, oh, they're somebody. Like, like 
they should have just had the collar popping, you know, like that kind of style, right? Top, top siders, all that good stuff. Stuff that you and I would never wear. Turns out one of the guys is Travis's friend from Arcadia. Okay. Turns out this guy's a super millionaire, like, and he listens to the station. The dude is a member at LACC. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's that's different level. There's only yeah, 800 people allowed yeah, yeah, in the yeah, yeah, LACC. So when, when Cappy says, "Oh, I'm connected. I got a guy. I got no, no, no." Travis is the sneaky guy that has. Mm. There's levels to knowing a guy. Man of the people. No, no, no. That is not man of the people. That, Different kind of people. That is man of the <laughs> ultra man, elite. <laughs> man, of, man of the wealthy people. Yes, he is. And that dude, like, child, whatever you want to play, let me know. We'll take care of you. I'm like, oh, my okay. God. Right. So Slut play that. I've never been to the course. I've yeah, never been. Uh, I've never been to, to a U.S. Open. There was a lot of kind of chatter about what, what was your experience there? <laughs> Good to turn off the microphone there. Uh, let me catch myself. Yeah, what's your experience? I'm curious because everybody has. It's kind of a okay. So my experience was, and I actually sent this tweet. It the crowd did not reflect LA. Okay. Um, Are you surprised by that? Kind of for because that the U- event, the U.S. Open is supposed to be open for the people. I mean, tickets were limited. They were hard to get. Only twenty two thousand people allowed a day. Uh, beautiful setup. Beautiful course. Very well run. It was the sightseeing for the fans. You couldn't follow your guy because there were so many areas that were roped off, so you couldn't go from one hole to the next to the next. Easy. Riviera is the best for that. Mm-hmm. Riviera is beautiful. You can, you know, you're on the green, and then you go walk. You can walk with your guy if you're you're following him. Go from the green to the tee box. Green to the tee box. No problem. LACC. It was roped off certain area. Like on the thirteenth hole, we try to go back there because thirteenth hole is. Uh, where you tee off, it's right next to the Playboy Mansion. Mm. So I wanted to show Trav and his wife, like, look, back here is where the monkeys are at the zoo. This is the Playboy Mansion. You couldn't get to where the monkeys were at. You could hear them, but you couldn't get close enough. Mm. So that's part of the area that were roped off. Um, as far as the demographics, it didn't look but, like but, LA. But, but what you just said is I think that's the best explanation. It didn't represent LA. Yeah. I When you go to Riv, you're always going to run into somebody or like, hey, I know that guy from El Dorado. I know this guy from Big Rack. You know these guys from the Munis, Los Verdes, whatever it is, you know, Santa Anita. Uh, it was more of, hey, I know you from Riviera. Hey, I know you from Wilshire. Hey, I know you from Hillcrest. Mm-hmm. Country clubs with country club, country club, country club. Just wasn't for me. Yeah. And I guess. Great experience. Great experience. But to be honest with you, I don't know how surprised I am because it was that event. But I, I Well, see have you saying. been to Riv? I have not been to Riv. Sleep so Sleep Riv is a much better representation of LA? You've been to Torrey Pines? Yeah. Riv and Torrey Pines. Like, Torrey Pines, when you go there, it's like, okay, this is San Diego. Right? Yeah. Uh, have you been to Delmar Country Club? Yeah. Does that, is that Torrey Pines? Uh, no. Exactly. It's not. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. I'll go to Torrey Pines all day. I'll go to Riv all day. LACC? Cool, I went there. Uh, not like they, they're missing out on me. <laughs> There's only 800 people there. But, but yeah, that's back, a good. I, I like but, that explanation. Yeah, but Trav, he's connected, man. Trav knows uber rich people, man. He just acts like he don't. I like that. You see the picture? Uh, You didn't send it to me. Uh, you might have sent it to a different 619. Oh. They, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You sent it. I got it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it now. Oh, yeah. That's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me he doesn't look like El Tio Charlie. <laughs> I like your hat too. Your hat is yeah. this also makes the you double uh, fisting is great too. Yeah, I mean, basically well, we're just looking at T Raj and Beto with thirty three beers in their well, hands. Uh, you know, Travis is a vet. Yep. As he said, why get one when you can get two? 
Yeah, why get one, you get two. Yeah. Um, okay, so we were we, we were hitting a little bit. I I don't want to spend too much time on this, but what do you think of this Damian Lillard stuff? The nah, I'm loyal. I'm going to stay here. Ah, that, that I want them to build around me. Um, uh, use the pick to go get another player. I know he hasn't specifically said all this, but that's kind of what the Blazers have been indicating. I got to be honest with you. I, I'm. I'm really, really just kind of over the whole Dame with Portland thing. And, yes, they're going to try to compete and they're going to try to do this. I don't mind players moving around. I, I I don't look at Damian Lillard. If Damian Lillard left the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow, I wouldn't look at him any differently. I'd love to see him on a real playoff team with a chance to go win the whole thing just because I respect his game. I like his game. But I'm like, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. I'm so sick of reading about Damian Lillard and whether he's going to stay or go with Portland. Same. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could give you more, but no, I'm with like, you. Like my mom would say, "La misma canción," the same song. Bro. Like we've been hearing this for what five years now. Uh, what are they going to do? What are they not going to do? Uh, Scoot Henderson, who they drafted, fantastic young player. Oh, I think he's going to be a baller. Baller, a great pick for them. But as George said yesterday, and he knows way more than I do, this is a case of Portland. They're dancing with each other around each other. Like Damian coming out and say, oh, I want to stay here because he doesn't want to be the guy saying, trade me. Portland, who doesn't want to be the team that traded away their most loyal player. So it's like, what are we doing here? Let's, it, it, sound, it really tiring. sounds like it sounds like a relationship that everybody's like, guys, I think you're, you guys had a good run. But you're better off just kind of moving on and, and go live a different life. The, the, the thing that you just said there, I mentioned this yesterday. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I said – I don't know. We were talking. Okay, who would you take at number three if you're Portland? This, go get Scoot, and then by the way, go trade Dame and just start your rebuild. Yeah, this like, is a perfect. Go example. get as many assets as you possibly can to reset that franchise. It's, nobody wants to break up with each other. It's like, no, it's not you. It's me. Like, no, no you yeah. do it. No, not I'll do it. No, I'll do it. Oh, no, no. It's like, <sighs> at some it, point, like we're not even paying attention every day, but it's exhausting just hearing it every now and then. Mm-hmm. Like, so. Yeah, it, it's Good funny because the only I, I bring it up to, you know, listen, it's not like the Blazers are a threat to the Lakers, so it's not that oh. that's not the conversation. I wouldn't mind if Dame leaves the West and he ends up in the East somewhere. Cool, go go do your thing, Dame. Go somewhere already. Zion, I thought that was interesting. How all of a sudden and Zion on the Pelicans? Look, that was a team. Lakers have had their fair trouble with the Pelicans, and that's a team that you kind of looked at top to bottom. You're like, all right, if they got rid of Zion, what are they doing? Are they rebuilding this? But the Dame thing just is uh, too damn exhausting. All right, the, the Dodgers got the Astros coming up um, later tonight, so they're going to start a three-game set. How much can the Dodgers build on the momentum that they had against the Angels? How important is this series against the Astros? And how much do the Los Angeles Dodger fans, and how long will they hold that grudge against the Astros? I probably think forever. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good jam, right? Good, yeah, I was just gonna say that's a good choice of music, right there, Taylor. It's kind of perfect for a Friday afternoon in the middle of the summer. Hey, Taylor brings the wheels of steel, man. He's solid, man. 
Taylor is a very the way you said Trav knows a lot of wealthy wealthy people without us knowing that he does. Taylor will just bring in all this different style of music, different type of music, and it just goes really under the radar there. Yeah. Deep rooted tunes. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting this for the kid from Iowa. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you yelled at me during the break about yeah, look, something with Damian Lillard. Here's the, here's, the pro- here's the problem with Damian okay. Lillard, okay? He's Tyler. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, I'm the sorry. way right. that you no no don't say sorry. The way that you said Yeah, took a breath. Here's the deal. Like, oh hot take here. Let's go. Listen, listen, right, so he, he did that this. during during Beto, during the break, out of nowhere. I didn't I was just minding my own business. Tyler just gets right into it. He's like, Here's the deal with Dame. I'm like, all right, just a second. Whoa, hold on, we're coming back. Give I us another minute here and come in. Ooh, I didn't know you're allowed to talk to the talent. All right. Let's go. <laughs> he yells at us. All right, so first and foremost, Tyler here. All right, so the problem with Damian Lillard is this, and it's it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about old man baseball. <laughs> Damian Lillard is the kind of player that genuinely wants to finish his career where he started. He's okay. the kind of player that wants to see his home, the, the team that he was born and bred with, win a championship. Got a with, lot of loyalty. With yep. him at the helm. The problem is, is that we are in an age of basketball where players are comfortable with demanding relocation, with with saying, I'm no longer comfortable with where I'm playing, I want out, I want a trade. And if Damian Lillard ultimately does want a championship, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place, and that is, do I stay in Portland, and do mm-hmm. I continue my career here and risk never having fulfilling that championship desire, Okay. or do I go the route of, I got to get out of here if I want to ring. Can I can I tell you whose fault that entire situation that you just kind of drew out there? I know where you're going with this, but yeah, tell me. It's an organization's fault for never being bad enough to truly rebuild and never being good enough to truly compete. The you're the Blazers right. are Beto, think of all these different teams around sports that don't know when to start their rebuild. It's the worst position you could be in is right in the middle. I'm not good enough to be uh, competing with the top teams in the NBA. I'm also not bad enough to have this stockpile of draft picks that are going to come over the next couple of years. What's the purpose of having Dame sitting in the middle? And if I'm Dame too, it's like, what? you don't have anything left to prove with the Blazers. It's not like you were playing for a Laker organization that had expectations every year. You did what you can for the Blazers. So There's only so much you can do. He's so wishy-washy, man. Either say you want out and go somewhere else, or say you want to stay. But don't don't lead up into the offseason saying, oh, I might want to go. And then yeah. all of a sudden, talks get shut down because Portland's not moving you. Yeah, yeah I, Beto's I, I already, got, Beto's I, I already frustrated. He's no, already I'm frustrated. frustrated. I'm not frustrated. I just have no idea what you guys are talking about. This is Port- <laughs> like Portland PDX Sports Talk Radio here. Like, I mean, I I checked out when she started saying Portland. Um, you know, sorry, it's Friday it's late, but damn, I do not think about Damian Lillard that much. Um, and good it's breakdown. Just, I, I I get you guys' points, but no, it's it's just an ongoing. Damn, I'm glad you got that off your chest there. It's it's an ongoing <laughs> drama in that. the league that hasn't gone anywhere. I just don't pay attention to small market teams. But Dame isn't well, a small market player. He's not problem. on the Lakers. I don't care. Could be. Eh, not anymore. Could be a Laker. Eh, not anymore. No, I think that I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. Okay. Um. Good talk. You going to, good talk. Beto, Beto you going to <laughs> you going to any of these games this weekend? What's uh, that Dodger game you went to? Last Dodger game. Have, did, have you gone this season? Yeah, I went a couple weeks ago. But no, I'm not going this weekend. I, I don't go to 
No, weekends I don't go anywhere. There's a kids event somewhere. Uh, there's a family thing going somewhere, man. There's there's some kind of quinceanera, some kind of backyard boogie somewhere. Um, no, I, I'm working tonight. As soon as the show's over, I'm working in Ontario, Thompson Boxing Show that I work. Um, and then this weekend, actually, it's pretty chill this weekend. So, but no, I will never go to baseball games on the weekend because it's just too crowded. What what's what do you think the vibe is going to be like? Boo! Is that is that all it's going to be? That's it's going to be just a- all night long, all day long, all, everything. It's going to be boo for everything. It's kind of interesting too because you got Astros, Dodgers. Mm-hmm. You got two teams that Altuve hasn't even come back yet. Okay, Astros are the World Series champs from last season. We're not talking about anything before that. They won the World Series last year. They're competitive. They're still good. I heard Greg talking about Bergman was mentioning they're going to start three rookies over the weekend. Dodgers are going to have two rookies that they're going to be starting as well. You said something, Beto. This was we were having the conversation in the eleven o'clock hour, and you said that's why these organizations are good is because they could be they can be seven, eight, nine games over five hundred. They could be one of the teams competing for a World Series, but they're also the teams that are bringing up dudes in their farm system while they're competing, which is just kind of I don't want to call it crazy. It's just so unique in Major League Baseball that you got so many youngsters there, yet you're still having success. That's what you got to do. You got to be able to bring up some guys that can help you in June, July. When like Kershaw's got to go on the IL pretty soon, right? He's got to go on that list, but just get some rest. Uh, Uriah's not around for you. You got to make sure you get these kind of kids that show up. And there's like four other guys in Tulsa right now in Double A that are throwing a hundred. Like Emmett, the one who's going tonight. He's only throwing 98 down there in, in uh, double-A. So they have four other arms of guys that are able to come up, and those are the guys that might be show up in September. You're like, where's this guy coming from? How do the Dodgers find these guys? Because they go and they have a great scouting department. They find kids like this, and they develop them. They give them a taste, send them back, and then they come back even stronger. Before the season started and where they're sitting right now, is this about where you thought they were going to be? You thought they'd be better? You thought they'd be worse? Where, where'd you think right they'd be? Right around here. Um, I'm the one who said you got to lower your expectations if you're Dodger fans mm-hmm. for this reason because they were going to have the injuries. You didn't know what kind of arms you were going to have. Um, I said they'd be a wild card team, and that's good for this organization this year because you didn't have that. And they're competing for you. They're going after it. That's good. That's what you want to have. You want to have an opportunity to get into the dance and see what you can do. And you want to be there. You you don't want to be are the Padres. All that money spent and look sure. what you got. Nothing. So the Dodgers right now in AA, they have a six-man rotation, right? You have, uh, along with Sheehan, they have Nick Nastrini, River Ryan, which is a good name, Nick Frasso, Kyle Hurt, and all those guys have an ERA that's a one point lower than the rest of the league. These guys are just throwing 98, 99, 100. They're just bringing it. Those are guys that are going to start showing up. So some of those names, you know, you have Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone already made their debut. So you have those kind of names. I'm I'm just looking forward for River Ryan. Like that's a name right there. Tell me that's not a baseball name. That's not a that's a baseball name. Yeah, River Ryan. Who was the dude that that won was Wyndham? That that's a golf name. Oh, oh yeah, Wyndham. Yeah, Park. that's a golf name. Yeah. yeah. That's that's definitely a Yeah, golf he's name. from Highlands Ranch for a reason. Uh, <laughs> you know it's funny a week ago Rosenthal Ken Rosenthal put something out you were just talking about these double A dudes and he said that 
the Dodgers were more excited or as excited about the dudes they have in Double A than yep. even in Triple A. It's like, what the hell are you talking yep. about? How do they have this many studs, this many, um, this many young pieces that they could eventually bring up? When when you said that where they are is kind of what you expected, I I would expect them to be here if they were healthy. Yeah. I still think they're overperforming right based now? off of yeah. so many injuries. You, right? don't, you that, don't know these guys. And, and, and to have players, whether it's Bobby Miller, or just kind of go up and down. They, they, Altman's been there all year. Vargas has been there all year. You're trying different guys that you have no idea if they're going to be able to be big league players. And I'm not telling you everybody's been successful. It's to have this many names that are this young that are contributing on the Dodgers team that's also still competing – that that to me is incredibly impressive. How sustainable it is! I think it's sustainable. I don't think this is. I don't think we're going to be sitting here a month from now and they're at five hundred. Let's put it that way. I don't yeah. think. I know they went through a stretch, a twelve and eighteen stretch, and I'm not telling you that the team is perfect. I know a lot of that has to do with the bullpen. I know a lot of that has to do with some of their starters being. I mean, Dustin May has been out. Julio's been out. They they've missed. They're missing key guys, and yet they're still sitting where they're sitting. Yeah. So River Ryan, let me give you that double A scouting report. Find him at UNC. Pembroke, because you know that's where you go get guys. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nestrini went to UCLA. So you got some, the Dodgers prospects are good. So you're going to start hearing some of those things, not because they want to, but that a necessity. Yeah, it is. And you're finding guys going out there. Yeah, I, I was telling Emily, I'm like, all right, let's, let's just kind of envision this. When they're actually healthy, okay, let's say this year Walker Bueller doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, and, and you walk into next year. We'll see what happens with the show. Travis keeps telling me, and, and they took a poll on this. Everybody, there's a lot of people who think Shohei yeah. is going to be a Dodger. A lot of that, people do, yeah. Uh, as simple as that. But there's also a lot of people who don't think Julio is going to be back with the Dodgers. Um, but they, you just kind of look at what they got coming up here, what next year's not just lineup will look like, what their pitching rotation could look like with all these young kids. It almost seems like uh, it's unfair, but that's that's what the Dodgers do. Yeah. Okay, we got the- one more for you. Ready? Here's yeah, your, here's, your, here's your hyper local angle. The uh, the pitcher Nick Frasso, who's yeah. in Double A, six six, throwing it. LMU, go Lions. Mm. Also Peninsula High. There you go. There's your there you go. There's your local connections. There, there's sweet. your local. That's connection. what you get with Bethel and his encyclopedia. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I gotta go. All right, you're good. You're good. Uh, Dump coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeper Show, seven ten ESPN. All right, so Beto, I know you follow this very, very closely. All right, hold on, hold on. I, I, what's this segment? This is uh, the dump. What, it's just random stuff, or am yes. I? Do I have to participate? What do I got to do? You have you to participate. Gotta participate. <laughs> of course, you got to participate. No, but I mean, like, is it like you know, factor cap? We will say things. Like, oh, no, wow, no, no. I mean, I participate. Cool like, or do I just listen? What do I got? Here? I mean, are you, t- are you trying to leave the game early, or I, I was trying to leave like. A- 105 112 <laughs> No, but I mean what do I do here? Do I got to like For example, okay. like radio Tinder, I swipe left, swipe right. What do I do here? No, you, you don't, don't have you don't have to do anything. We're I just, just going to No, we're going to oh. bring up topics. Uh-huh. And they're random random topics. Oh, okay. Topics. Okay, okay. So the dumb so no more all the Lillard. things all all the things that we haven't got into. Okay. Tyler, he really did not like your your Dame. No, Dame I liked King, it. Man. I liked it. I liked it. Michael Thompson would love that. <laughs> I the the I, I know you got this one covered. The Qatari Investment Authority uh-huh. is acquiring a minority stake in monumental sports. So um, that includes the Washington Wizards, the Capitals, the Mystics. It marks the first time a sovereign wealth fund will invest in U.S. professional team sports. Some read-off quote here. 
The NBA board is currently reviewing a potential investment by uh, QIA in Monumental Sports Entertainment. The 5% stake... 5% stake would be the first investment made by a sovereign wealth fund in a major U.S. professional uh, sports team. I don't know how much you know about this. Yeah, a lot of a these lot. premier, a lot of these premier league uh, teams, crazy, crazy money. Like yeah, it's stupid money. What they did with the Saudi, where they're giving Messi, I don't know, half a billion dollars, pretty much for appearances, where they're going to pay him to come vacation and do all kinds of stuff. Oh my gosh! It, it, it was a, it was a story the other day. Um, about how much they've invested into sports. Okay. Um, Joe Pompliano, uh, he, he has a newsletter, I subscribe to that, and yep. he just talked about what goes on and what has been going on since that oil crisis that the, the country's had and how they just went into it. And it's very, very interesting about how much money is invested, and it's only the beginning. Only it is only the, the beginning. beginning. By the way, listen, what was it, two weeks ago? PGA and Live Golf mm-hmm. just merged, yep. right? So... Um, and I'll, I'll bring it up because this is interesting because, like I said, this would be the first time um, that they have a sovereign wealth fund yep. investing in U.S. professional team sports. If we think that yeah, – we, we just saw Jordan sell his team or sell a majority yep. stake in his team. And the guy bought the team for two hundred plus million, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and now it's, it's – I think 3.5 was what the uh, – yeah. or 3 billion, something like that is billion. what – uh, it's expected to to be worth or whatever the case is. Can you imagine if you start getting these other countries who have better money isn't a thing. The, the the literally the dollar sign means nothing. What some of these current owners who have teams, if they eventually sell, what some of that would go to, it's just so it's so ridiculous. And this is kind of the first tipping point. It's not the first tipping point, but it's one of the first tipping you, points. You've seen sports. this coming. And uh, in Pompliano's Substack the other day, he mentioned how in Saudi Arabia, they, the WWE has a billion-dollar deal for like 10 years. That's why they go there twice a year. Um, I mentioned I work in boxing a lot. There's been some big money fights that have gone – to Saudi Arabia, mm. and they're paying huge site fees. Uh, like Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua had their rematch there for a reason because they're spending like 150 million for a site fee. You know, stuff like that. It's just out of control, and it's only the beginning, man. Yeah, it's only the beginning. Um, okay, on this day, 1980, oh. David Letterman show debuts on NBC. Were any of you guys... Come on, man. You're pulling a mason here. Hey, Saturday Night Live. What do we got here? No, no, no. This yeah. is... This Old is Man Radio. Dump. Here we go. Beto, this is the dump. Nobody right? knows... Let, and nobody here ever watched wait, Letterman. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, what are you talking Letterman. about? Oh, you did it. Yes, I did. It I was like... done when you were in elementary. No, I like watching like late night Letterman was them. legit. No, you still watched yes. it? Yes. Letterman's still legit. What does he do now? He does I think like he's doing Netflix a Netflix stuff. or yeah. something. He retired in 2015. His beard is going. He retired how, in 2015. Yeah, how young do you think we are? Very. It's they don't hire 12 less year olds. Than 10 though. years ago. Yeah, but you're young. Why would you be watching TV? I got my work permit. Okay, good. You're 16. Oh like Letterman. I, okay, everybody other than Beto can answer. I that. mean, I just know he had the stupid pets. Stupid, yeah, stupid pets or something like that. What? Like no, that was Letterman. Letterman, Letterman, Letterman had stupid pets, right? Maybe Wasn't it Johnny Carson. Jack Hanna? No, Conan, no. Letterman Conan, do, like, Conan do something well, with the. Uh, see, I like Conan. Well, I, Conan's. I was so. This is what I was going to get at: is of all these hosts that have hosted, Conan's my favorite. Conan was my favorite. It's kind of the dry sense of humor. He was all over the place, but Conan was my favorite. Tyler, who was your? Uh, was it Letterman? Was somebody else? It was Leno. 
I'm a huge Jay Leno fan. Really? Yeah. I don't I think I've ever heard Jay. I've heard anybody say Jay Leno. He was funny, man. <laughs> he had a, just a huge chin. He looked like a human caricature. It was great. Dan, did you watch any uh, Conan? Man, come on. Yeah, I'm Conan. Oh, he's the Conan. Conan, Conan would have uh, in the year 2000. I just remember that. I, I just wasn't watching late night TV. I'd be rather, I'd rather watch sports. So when we do sports uh, center, right? Sports center all night. Yeah, but we had. I mean, there's plenty of time to get a little bit of TV in. I, I, it just it late night TV shows like that never resonated with me because I never saw anybody I cared about that were sitting on the desk. Are they still those who are like doing when you guys late- mentioned all these actors? I have no idea who they are, man. Those who are doing late night now, they're still late night shows. Emily, are they are they still killing it? Like, do they still get a lot of lot of pub, a uh, lot of love? So right now is interesting just because they're off because of the writer strike, but plenty of people still watch it. You know, no I think way. John people still watch that. John Oliver still does like well. He only does Sunday nights though, so it's no. uh, a little different than every every night. But yeah, people watch Kimmel. People watch this. Kimmel's cool. Still there. Kimmel's yeah. cool because he has my boy Guillermo for me though. It just I get demographics. None of them appealed to me, man. The people on there. And were you, uh, who, who was, I know you mentioned Letterman you watch, but who, who else? Uh, I, my favorite uh, late night is John Oliver by far. But uh, what I does also he really do? Like, so he does, essentially it's called Last Week Tonight. It's on HBO. And he, is that the he, British guy? Yeah, it's a British guy. He has glasses, right? Yep, he has glasses. He's he a comedian. Looks a little odd. Yes, he's a comedian okay. and he kind of goes really deep dive into a random, very niche topic. So I like that. Okay. But um, J- Jimmy Kimmel as like the basic every night guy, I love Jimmy yeah, Kimmel. Kimmel's cool. Yeah, he yeah. takes his pokes. Yeah, um, yeah not, not me, Look, man. Beto, you got the, uh, more, you got more into this candy. than you thought. No, because Oliver, I've heard him on the Sirius XM on the comedy stations. Mm-hmm. So that's how mm, I know the name. Yeah. And then who's the, the, the carpool guy? Uh, that's James Corden. He actually, that show is done, um, but uh, yeah, I do not like James Corden. Why? I thought we like him because he does carpool. I hate carpool karaoke. It's so chuggy. It's so but, but he has like, a show, outdated. right? Yeah. It, no, it's actually, it stopped. Okay. So, but carpool karaoke still does exist, I think, uh, like as an, a separate entity, not on his show. That anymore. killed it for a little bit. Look, let me just tell you the something. Carpool right karaoke here. killed it for you a little bit. You haven't lived until you've seen Platanito show on Channel 62 at late at night, man. <laughs> let me just tell okay. you about this clown right here. That's how, that's how, see right there how you guys react to like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's me with the late night shows, <laughs> which is different upbringings. But well, by the I way, like, fair, right? Like that's that's and yeah, totally. Fair. Beto, if you think it's really good, I'd like to go watch it. If you told me, <laughs> hey, you should go watch this, I'd love to go. Oh, watch it is it. just terrible. That's why it's so good. Uh, yeah, Platanito show. It's uh, yeah. But anyways, sorry about that. Sorry to be a downer, but just like like we're like, oh, how do you not know this? Well, how do you not know this? There's a reason I put. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why we asked you what your favorite one was. So, not, yeah. None of those. Like, Kimmel's cool. Kimmel's cool. Conan was good. Conan was cool because he had like the year two thousand guy. All right, um, Taylor, see if you have this. You have this there, the Charles Barkley sound that he was trying to – if we don't have it, we can get to it in a little bit. But I, I do have wanna, it. We can play it. Okay, this is Charles Barkley talking about when he got drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. The day before the draft, before we went to New York, we want you to weigh 285. So I get down about 285, and then my agent says to me, they have a hard cap in the NBA, so if you get drafted by the Sixers, you're going to have to play your first year for $75,000. I didn't leave college for seventy five thousand dollars. I could have got that much in college. <laughs> he says, "What do you want to do?" So we went on an Eden binge. No way! <laughs> I stop in Philly. I weigh two ninety eight. I leave, and I'm thinking like, "Woo, we dodged a bullet." And if you go back and look at that tape, there's this look on my face when they said, "With the fifth overall pick in the draft, the Philadelphia seventy <laughs> six select Charles Barkley out of Auburn." I got this look on my face like, "What the?" 
<laughs> Man, there will never, ever be another Charles Barkley. Yeah, Beto, you ever heard that story? No. Charles is the only one who can get away with it. I remember him. I don't remember him trying to eat his way out of not literally. That's exactly how he described it. Trying to make sure that the uh, Sixers don't draft him. I remember him telling the story once he got there, there were some vets there. Moses Malone was, I think, an important figure in his life. And Moses Malone, I think at one point, was trying to explain to him, we need you to lose weight. And he started listening to Moses Malone. And he goes, all right, let's get to 260. And he got to 260. All right, let's get to 250. Got to 250. Get 240. He got all the way down to 230 and then realized, okay, I, I actually this is hurting my game being this thin. And then found the weight that he was supposed to get to, and then Charles Barkley took off from there. But how about Charles Barkley trying to explain to everybody, hey, I don't want to work for your, you know, your company, your team. I'm just going to make sure I'm so out of shape that you guys don't draft me. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's one strategy there. Well, didn't John Elway do that? Like, hey, don't draft me. I'm going to go play baseball. Or, no, who was it? Uh, Eli, right? Eli for the uh, Chargers. For the Chargers, yeah. Don't Eli draft wanted me. out. Um, okay, last one I want to get into, and then we'll start Super Cross Talk. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk <laughs> supposedly <laughs> want to fight. After Elon Musk recently tweeted that he would be up for a cage fight with Zuckerberg, uh, obviously Meta CEO, um, he shot back by posting a screenshot of Musk's tweet with a caption, send me a location. Meet me uh, in Temecula. Meet me in Temecula. Okay, two <laughs> questions for you, Beto. Number one, do you think this will actually happen? And number two, if it happened and was on pay-per-view, are you paying to watch it? Uh, well, no, I'm calling Bergman and getting a link. Uh, but it, it would do so much money. It would be fantastic. I just worked that Mayweather riot fight, right? So it, it, you can do anything. People will watch something like that because you have people like this that they want to see get punched. Remember that Friends episode where Monica was dating the richest man? It was John Favreau, and he got he was an F UFC fighter. Yeah. Such a good. Let's episode. go, right? That's a, you didn't expect that reference from me, did you? That's good. <laughs> but yes, put them in the ring, get at each other, and will it be good? No. Will it be hilarious? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think uh, the days of, and not to say that there aren't really good fights out there, but there's much as much interest in just purely entertainment, and you don't care about the actual fight. I think that one falls on that list. Let's go. All right, let's start uh, Super Crosstalk. All right, Mason Ireland in the house. Um, John, I don't know if you heard it, but uh, David Letterman started his career in 1980 on NBC Today. Beto thought I should ask you guys this question okay. because it was more appropriate. Were you a David Letterman fan? Beto was not. Uh, huge. I, I, I'm surprised Beto wasn't because Letterman— I didn't watch him, so I didn't Yeah, know. Letterman to me, I used to watch him do stand-up, and when he would come on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, he would just kill it. And I used to think, why doesn't this guy have his own show? Mm. And I think when CBS hired him away from NBC, there's a great book written by Bill Carter, who's the media writer for the New York Times, called The Late Shift. They actually made it into an HBO movie. And it's about when they decided to give The Tonight Show to Jay Leno instead of Letterman. And I thought that was a catastrophic mistake. Um and letting Letterman go to CBS. CBS had no stronghold at all mm. on late night. They had not, They would run like Murder, She Wrote at 11.30. <laughs> and the, the Tonight Show just owned it. And I thought by letting Letterman, who was the funnier of the two, um, I, nothing against Leno, I just thought Letterman was a lot funnier, um, they gave up half their audience. 
And and ironically, um, Alan, when uh, Letterman was trying to decide what to do, he uh, asked Johnny Carson. And Johnny Carson said, if it were me, I would walk. And Johnny Carson was the one leaving. He was the one leaving. He goes, if they didn't give me, if, if the situation was reversed, I would just, I, I would go to CBS. And so Letterman went to CBS. Although, in fairness, uh, Leno was number one, right? Letterman was number one at the beginning. Then Carson, uh, or Carson, uh, Leno took over as number one. And you know, if, you, you if, know what flipped it? Uh, this yes. is all in the book, Hugh Grant. by the way. Hugh Grant, yep. when he got caught with a prostitute on Sunset Boulevard, went on with Leno. Right. And after that, Leno passed Letterman. Right. Although, CBS was going to hire Leno if if NBC went with Letterman. So no yeah. matter what, uh, Leno and Letterman were going to go head to head. I used to work for this guy, Don Corsini, who was... Um, Big boss, right? Yeah. Who was Big a guy. he was a heavy hitter in LA. Big, yep. you know, ran... Ran KBC for years, ran uh, KCAL, ran KCBS, and I'm at a lunch with him one day, and I said at the lunch, man, I just don't know anybody who thinks Jay Leno is funnier than David Letterman. I don't understand what they're doing. And he stuck his hand across the table and went, Don Corsini, nice to meet you. I go, you think Leno's funnier than Letterman? He goes, I do. And I went, well, I don't think I'll be working here much longer. Right, right. <laughs> That's true. It is kind of fundamental, right? Like, yeah. for example, my sense of humor, for what it is, came from Letterman more than anybody else. So Letterman, did Jimmy Kimmel's. Yeah, so did Jimmy Kimmel. A lot of us grew up on Letterman. If you were of a certain, like when I was at Bowling Green, Letterman was on at 1230 uh, on The Late Show, and we watched him every single night. Yeah, I, I did too. I uh, That's one of the reasons why I... I don't sleep to this day as I would always stay up and watch Letterman. And then do you remember who came on after Letterman? Bob Costas. Oh, Bob Costas. Wow. The later show. Yeah. yeah. Would, for about five years. Would, yeah. would, uh, Which interview I was people up for that. when Bob left. I forgot well, about that. And well, I don't, well, I don't think Carson they, Daly do a show? Yeah, they gave they they hired Daly to replace uh, uh, Costas. Because yeah, yeah. he would just talk about that when he was on K Rock. Hey, I got a late night show. Yeah. Why, yeah. why don't you guys think. I know Taylor and I were talking. He's our favorite. Conan O'Brien was my favorite, and yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I know get a lot it. of people love Conan. See, I never got Conan. Generation. Okay, but what, why, why don't you think he? I don't know if worked is the right way to put it, but he's not sitting there anymore, right? Like he's not in that seat. I think now he's just doing more of a podcast, YouTube, everything else. Why do you think he ever clicked? Uh, well, he did click. He made a lot of money for them, and actually had a show for the past five years. I want to say it was on TBS. It was TBS. TBS, and yeah. he just gave it up, like maybe two years ago. Um, and he walked away of his own accord. It's right. not like uh, but TBS it's said interesting. you're out. He also it's did it for a long time. In, right? yeah. in both cases, in both cases. The network chose Leno over first yeah. Letterman and yep. then Conan. Yep. And in both cases, I went again. I don't have anything against Jay. I just went, wow, don't get it. I, I, I thought Letterman was funnier than Jay. I thought Conan was funnier than Jay. Damn, I, you know, I was going to call Jay and get him on the show today, but let's skip that. Now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think he would do it. Yeah, no, he would. He's in my, he's in my phone. I would right. totally get well, him. Well, one reason, and this is in Hollywood, normally. We got Rob Polinka coming on today at two fifteen. Two fifteen, Rob Polinka. Woo woo woo. Um, so normally in Hollywood, to be honest, being nice to people doesn't matter. Talent is what matters. Right. You can if you're the most talented guy, they'll let you do pretty much anything. Leno 
was generally known and still is to this day the nicest, as the nicest guy, guy in Hollywood. The nicest guy. He was. He and his wife Mavis, fantastic. Right. He was somebody that if you asked him to do anything, if you were one of his bosses, he would do it. He would still go down and do comedy shows at Hermosa Beach. Yeah. Still does. Sunday night, Sunday night. When he had the Tonight Show, yeah. like, yeah. like he would still go down there. Like people swear by Leno, and that was one of the rare cases where Letterman has been known to be tough on people, um, and that his was staff. Yeah. yeah, no, Letterman and a lot of people had trouble working yeah. with Letterman. He was I didn't a, watch. I just he was the, the classic talent. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so this was one of those cases where when NBC was divided about whether to go with Leno or Letterman, I think part of the reason they went with Jay is because everybody liked him. Yeah. And but just be nice to people. Plus, in the middle of the country, Jay is funnier than he is in New York and L.A. Right. That's what I was going to say. Right yeah. There. He, right he hits well in Letterman scored Iowa. big in New York and L.A., but Leno scored big in the middle of the Wait, country. Wait, who's from Indiana? Letterman. Letterman. He was a weatherman. Went to Ball he State. He was a weatherman and yeah. went to Ball State. Yeah. yeah. Slee, uh, are you envious that we've got Rob Palenka today at 2.15? Well, I was just going to say, you guys just mentioned it, 2.15, Palenka coming on. Um, what you guys, John, I know we kind of spent a little time on this during the week. Thought maybe they make a move, maybe they don't. Maybe they can find somebody that, that comes in and helps them right away. Were you guys surprised the way yesterday played out or, or not I thought really? they were going to move the 17th pick for a veteran, and I assumed that there was somebody they traded up for or wanted to be higher in the second round for um, and identified that guy. So I thought it would be one young guy and one veteran. It turned out to be two young guys. What is happening around the NBA right now is everybody is scared of this second apron. Um, and That's so the July first thing, yeah, but it's not till next year. Next year, oh, yeah. Next year. But that Mace, was Mace. You know the whole thing, right? The, I know all the, the aprons. Yeah, the aprons. The, I, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I, it's it's um, the aprons are very complicated. It's essentially, Slee, a hard cap. Right. Yeah. 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 It's and, essentially a hard cap, and it takes away all of your mid level exceptions. All your you know, t- you can't lose all your flexibility. Yeah. It's like almost, we're almost at a point where if you have three stars you're kind of in trouble, right? Right. It's, it puts, like Phoenix. Phoenix is the yeah. one team that has said, screw it, we're going we're over. We're going over. Yeah. But what you saw yesterday with Golden State, Slee, I heard you talking about how you were surprised that Golden State traded for Chris Paul. Um, I don't think it's that the Warriors wanted Chris Paul. Agreed. I think they wanted out from Jordan pool. Poole's yeah. contract. And they knew Chris Paul was expiring after Correct. this year. So all of a sudden, you don't. You can keep Clay Thompson. You can potentially keep Draymond Green and obviously Steph. So this is the way, to answer your original question, Slee, this is the way I think Laker fans, and we'll ask Rob about this at 2.15, this is how Laker fans should look at this. Had they done what Mace and I think a lot of other Laker fans were expecting, go out and get a veteran, blah, blah, blah. They'd have to pay him. Right. These guys now give you the money to re-sign Austin Reeves, to re-sign Rui Hachimura, to keep D'Angelo Russell if you want to, yep. maybe keep Lonnie Walker, maybe keep Dennis Schroeder. I think it's all about keeping yourself under that second apron. And it's not a money thing. Like I think a lot of owners, and I know Jeannie has told Rob this, you spend, don't worry about how much you spend. Spend right. whatever you want. Sure. But Rob's issue now is not, I can spend as much as I want. It's, do I want to go over that apron and not have any other ways to build my team? Rob right. always talks about, and I'm sure he'll talk about this when he comes on today, roster flexibility. Yeah. That you want to have uh, as many avenues to build a team as are available to you. If you go, if you do what Phoenix is doing and you go over that second apron, that's it. All you can do is sign minimum players. Your so you don't, depth is kind of gone. Gone. 
Yep. So they're banking on that three stars, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. And for now, they have DeAndre Ayton. I think they're going to have to trade Ayton. Yeah, probably um, go get some role players. Right, but maybe not. I know Frank Vogel likes big guys. so But that's why I think the Lakers kept the two young guys. Yeah, is yeah. It gives them more roster cost-controlled young guys. And with, they like those two upside. guys. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I think, too, I think give them the benefit of the doubt, right? They, think about this. Even if we're saying, oh, you got to improve the roster, you got to improve the roster, it's not like they don't have flexibility, and it's not like they don't have time. I think if a lot of other teams thought that the Lakers need more talent or they're going to go try to get the vet mace that we're – I think we're both exactly on the same page. I thought they were going to go get a veteran. But even if they didn't do it yesterday, even if they don't do it tomorrow, don't you kind of have – I think think the way people um, look at Palenka today is a lot different simply because look how patient they were on Russ and then the trade deadline came and the Lakers, next thing you see, they're in the Western Conference Finals. Right. Right, right. Well, also remember this too. Jesse Buss, who's Dr. Buss's youngest son, who's in charge, he's the assistant GM and he's in charge of scouting, has a tremendous track record yep. of finding guys that other teams don't see. They do the work. Um, well, it, it, I mean, I, I know Jesse, so I'm uh, this is a little inside basketball here, but that's all this guy does. Yep, right. Is he, he's up late at night watching tape of people. He travels around the country and, and goes into high school He'll gyms. He'll be in random games in the back conference yeah, because like, he might like one You'll guy. see him one night at he the- He obviously went to a Pepperdine game, which was yes. probably hard to watch. Uh, right. And they, they, yeah, they were, they they were they terrible. Were he was at the Pepperdine LMU game. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Pepperdine LMU, that's two bad teams. Yep. But he's, They're there. They have people there. Right. He's, and, and Jesse has been tremendous- at kind of finding diamonds in the rough. For mm-hmm. example, um, he was the one who encouraged them to sign Austin Reeves along with Bill Burtka. They're the ones that drafted Kyle Kuzma 28th when everybody yep. said, nobody else even has this guy near this yeah. on your on your board. They found Josh Hart. Yep. Um, they found Avica Zubats. Yeah. They found, I mean, they, they're really good at finding people. So part of me is like, all right, let them do their thing. Sure. You know, we save money. We stay under the apron. Jesse's got a pretty good track record. Yeah, and who knows? They hit gold every single yeah, guy. Yeah, maybe it to the they, even if they go one for two here, that's right. pretty damn good. Right, and so and they usually go two for two. Yeah, yeah, they they very rarely miss on these guys. So let's let's. I, I'm guessing these two kids can play. Okay, so I was listening today and I heard about Beto booing his own kid, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. how do you boo your own kid? Don't waste my money. <laughs> is that right? Well, by the way, you I am never literally not booed. literally, but inside, yeah. And then once he gets in the car, hey, bro. So it's quiet. He boos him. Oh, inside, yeah, yeah. Hey, Beto, inside. I am so glad that you brought up today something that, for whatever reason, never gets talked about, and that is the ridiculous cost it takes to raise oh, an athlete as a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. It is. It's the worst kept secret in the world and Beto because of Mateo has been living it for the past 10 years yeah. um Trudell's living it now and oh he's got three of them Trudell's yeah. crazy because he has the twins in club soccer which yeah. is ex- and they're like seven or eight yeah. years old whatever okay. they are and they're also playing they're gonna be playing that travel baseball so one summer in, in sixth grade my son Mateo played club basketball and club baseball because he was wow. good at both yeah and I said bro you gotta pick one because I can't afford both because he wasn't good enough to be the one where he plays for free. Yep. Your goal is to have your kids play for free. But no, he was But wasn't. most kids don't. Right. And the majority don't. And I thought, you know, he's a left-handed pitcher. He's going to pick baseball. 
He chose basketball. Yeah. Like, all right, yeah, but, but he's, he's, he's good. Yeah, he's going to go play in college next year and all that other the stuff. The crazy, but it's crazy how expensive now, Mace, it is. Get a load it of this. A get a load of twenty dollars to park at an AAU. No, no, but, game. but like really? Beto, what's the what's oh. the fee to put him on a club team? Okay, if you're playing AEU in the summer, which is just a couple months, try to get the exposure for the colleges. You're paying between three to five grand just to play on a team wow. for for what? two months. Yeah, for two months. And you're going to and the then, circuit and, you're, and everything and, else. And by the way, you're responsible for like when when they get uniforms or sweats yeah, or shoes. Stuff, right? They just pass that cost on to the yeah, parents. Because you're well, paying- it's lucky you got seven ten money. It's uh, yes. you yeah. got seven ten money to pay for all this stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh-huh. That's why I'm going to Mexico to get paid in cash. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's but it's a hustle, man. And, yeah. and, and then I, the soccer world is crazy. The volleyball, the it's because you got to go play these facilities where you got to pay for the gym in Orange yeah. County. You have no choice. You got to pay for parking because they're in warehouses. I went through a uh, lacrosse is crazy too. Right? And, and, and by the way, Mace, when you and I were growing up, yeah, and even you, Slee, you're not that old. Um, the we played on if we were good we played on our high school team yep and basically we just stayed in the school That's system right. and the parents would have a booster club that, that would give a little bit of money but that was it like my parents i played basketball through high school my parents maybe paid two three hundred bucks a year That's how when you go back to high school what was like, the two hundred three hundred bucks for um buses it, it, uniforms yeah it, it was what they called the booster club yeah. so okay. um you know like uh, if we had to get a bus to go someplace far away, or if we had to get new uniforms or new shoes, it was just all the parents chipped in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I they had probably, no idea it was that expensive. They probably had a slush fund. They probably had a slush fund of like two or three grand. Yeah. Now, every parent pays two or three grand on the first day. Yep. Wow. And then, oh as Beto yep. as Beto will tell you, for high school. after after you pay the two or three grand to get them on the team, um. They come to you every month and with their hand out for other stuff. Right. And like in Mateo's case, did he even play on his regular high school team? Yeah, he did. You're, okay. High school you played. So again. then you're playing high school and club. Yeah. So they're coming at you with both hands out. Yeah. Right. And it Crazy. and if you don't, the the college scouts come to you and say, Well, your kid's gotta play on in more leagues, on more teams. He's yeah. gotta get more exposure. And a lot of them And all like, of a sudden you, Beto's yeah. looking at his wallet going yep. I I can't afford this. Yeah, if That's you're crazy. if you're an elite athlete, you're not dealing with this. Like the guys getting drafted, they're getting flown over in the country since they were in sixth grade. Right. They're but it's the kids who like my kid, who's a Division three kid, who's you're there and you got to go to these. Then you, then there's the AAU games. Then there's also the showcases where you got to pay two three hundred bucks to go get exposure and stuff like that. So it's all a racket. It's crazy. The girl sports are even more crazy because really? yeah and now lacrosse has taken off yeah. like he's huge like uh, geeter has girls that play volleyball he right. was a volleyball McGee, she's a baller sure. i mean she's playing for free she's that good yeah but <laughs> but i mean he's i mean when he was playing volleyball growing up you just took a volleyball to the beach and you yeah played. that was it it's now a different world now he's he's cutting checks for five grand at the Man. start of the volleyball season it's a different Beto, world, just send all the bills to 800 west olympic yeah Title at seven ten ESPN. They'll take care of everything. Attention, Sam Pines. Attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm and a freelancer. We'll and quiet. then we'll miss working with you after <laughs> after the first yeah, one of those comes. That in. happened already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob Palenka is coming up in one hour. Stay right here. Super Cross Talk is brought to you by In and Out Burger. In and Out Burger. That's what a hamburger is all about. Beto, thank you for filling in. Uh, have a great weekend, LA.